0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And we've got a potentially big week in appropriations this week because House and Senate leaders are furiously negotiating a year-end spending deal that could end months of partisan stalemate. And there's no one better to explain what it all means than Peter Cohn, the budget and tax editor at CQ Roll Call. Thanks for being here again, Pete. Thanks, David. You're being too kind.
1: The reporters do all the work. I'm just kind of a monkey at a typewriter. Well, I know you know I what that.
0: you know what it all means, <laughs> so that's why we depend on you. There are also some intriguing developments on the healthcare front uh, to talk about this week, but we wanted. We want to start with the spending talks because lawmakers are very eager to get a deal in the next few days that would complete work on these overdue spending bills for the current fiscal year. Now, they've sounded very hopeful recently, but we know there are some big obstacles in their way, including, of course, funding for the border wall. So, Pete, how are things looking as we speak on Monday? Well, all the reports
1: we're getting over the weekends are are pretty positive. I mean, the fact that it's kind of quiet. Is, is a good sign. It means mm-hmm. that uh, nobody's really sniping at each other, at least for the moment. Uh, talks were mostly at, at the staff level with the w- lawmakers weighing in from afar by phone uh, and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, they're working through, kind of grinding through all of the issues that the subcommittee uh, chairman and ranking members forwarded up to the full committee by the end of, of last week. They were operating under this... Um, uh, basic structure where the subcommittees would figure out everything that they possibly could by the end of Friday. Uh, and then that would the, the remaining issues would get kicked up to the full committee leadership of the House and the Senate right. to resolve by the end of the weekend. And then anything left open by the end of the weekend would then be at the leadership level.
0: So that's where we are. So it does sound like they're trying, they're pretty determined to make some progress if, if everything can fall into place. But of course, we know there are these big outstanding issues that we still don't have a handle if they're really resolved, right? Yeah, you know, I
1: mean, everybody sort of gets exercised about the wall and what's going to happen with the wall. Um, But, you know, a couple of things you have to keep in mind about that. I mean, number one, uh, the president's so-called transfer authority uh, continues under a a continuing resolution, unless the Democrats somehow get the votes to overturn that. Yeah, this which, is
0: this is you're talking about the ability of the president to transfer funds from other programs into the wall on his own, right? Which they've been doing since the beginning of the year, uh, with varying degrees of success.
1: There's a lot of things that are that are tied up in court, uh, but the administration does have the statutory authority to move money that's been previously appropriated for other purposes and move it to the uh, Customs and Border Protection construction accounts. Uh, and they've been taking some money from the military construction programs, which uh, has raised a lot of concern on Capitol Hill. But ultimately, they haven't been able to do anything about it. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, the White House uh, they requested a lot of money for fiscal 2020 uh, for the border wall. They've never been likely to get even close to what they requested for that. Yeah. Judging by the last three years of history where they've gotten less than $1.4 uh, I um, think they requested, what, $8.6 billion, David, yeah. is that right, this year? Yeah, that, I mean, that's so always always a pipe dream, never going to happen. He up
0: the ante considerably.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it's a negotiating tactic. Now, you know, they got the, the transfer authority, so there's billions of dollars of vi- more available there. So I could see some sort of scenario where they end up getting a, a low number of, of new appropriations for the wall in fiscal 2020, and they maintain what's become known as transfer authority, reprogramming authority, to move that money from other places. And then meanwhile, that that whole process gets, you know, continued to, to be uh, tied up in court. So kind of both sides
0: can declare victory. So he could still get extra wall funding through the back door, essentially, and uh, without Democrats having to specifically approve it, which lets both sides claim a little partial right. victory.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, right. we'll see where we are next November when, uh, you know, not much of the wall has actually been built because, you know, part of this process is the administration has to go and wrestle the land out from under private landowners
0: to to build sections yeah. of this wall, and so that's all being tied up in court. And of course, we have other other huge policy disputes that have to be reconciled in these talks. And we we know about the gun violence research uh, issue, where Republicans fear it's a step toward gun control if you allow if you allow gun research and family planning grant money and all these things that. That we we're still not clear it can get resolved in time, but we're gonna we're gonna wait and see how that shakes out. Right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's issues that have popped up, ra- ranging from the administration
1: wants a new way to, uh, you know, for instance, homeless assistance assistance grants. There's a program at, at HUD, Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the administration wants to pr- put more uh, requirements in there for aid recipients to demonstrate that they are. Uh, going out and trying to find a job that they're undergoing uh, mental health and substance abuse treatment, um, things like that. And and there's you know protections for transgender in- individuals, for instance, that uh, were kind of um, that were uh, uh, dropped from a, a previous proposal. So there's a lot of Democrats up in arms about that. There's tons of issues, but you yeah. know there's, we heard, we're hearing there's something like a hundred open issues this weekend. Yeah. But that's actually that's par for the course yeah. at, at this point in in these types of negotiations. So right. just because you you know we're writing stories and i'm sure others are writing stories about these little hang-ups um, you know none of these individual things mean that there's going to be some kind of massive meltdown at the yeah. end of the process
0: and we should say if there is a deal there could be a lot of other things riding on this deal uh, along along with it right they're, they're yeah. talking about adding a lot of a lot of extra legislation
1: right as they, they typically do when you have you're facing a deadline at the end of the year and uh, there's not a whole lot of time left, and there's really, you know, they want to be in session for two more weeks, which doesn't give you a whole lot of time to move lots of legislation through the process. So when you get a couple of big legislative vehicles, the tendency is to just load them all up with uh, with the things that um, otherwise wouldn't get done. So what could we see
0: in this package? Do we know?
1: There's things like the Export-Import Bank, uh, the Flood Insurance Program. uh, There's numerous other things. And there's, of course, a whole package of so-called tax extenders, as well, these provisions that, uh, in many cases, have been expired since the beginning of last year.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: uh, people who ordinarily would claim those breaks on their two thousand on their tax returns for twenty eighteen uh, have not been able to do so. So, there, there's a lot of, of outstanding business that lawmakers are really, as you know, as as you so uh, eloquently put it before, are negotiating furiously over the next uh, yeah. couple of days. Yeah,
0: and timing wise, Pete, I mean, the House is trying to blow this through. I would think this week if they can, right, because they've got impeachment votes coming up next week before they get out of here.
1: Yeah. I mean, the chairwoman of the House Appropriations Committee, Nita Lowy, said um, that they're going to try to at least get moving on it this week. And so what they want to do, they don't want to have 12 bills in one package. They just, you know, they've. Since last year, they, they've said that uh, they don't want to do that anymore. The president doesn't want to sign that. Right. The members of Congress don't like it because it looks like they're just getting jammed with this massive, you know, multi-thousand page thing that nobody has time to read. So instead, they want to break it up into two or three packages. Um, you know, last year, they ended up with three packages. One had two bills. Another one had three bills. The last one finally had seven bills when they got out of the government shutdown. So, you know, some, something in that ballpark this year is is what they want to do and so the question is okay we're in session for two more weeks you're going to um you've got a couple of other big ticket things coming down the pike like the trade deal the US Mexico Canada uh, agreement which is going to take up a little bit of time um you've obviously got the uh, articles of impeachment which seems very likely to reach the house floor uh sometime late next week yeah. um so you know if they're going to start voting on appropriations this week would be a good time to to start, right? To
0: at least vote on one package, for instance, right? And then, of course, there's still a chance, I guess, this deal falls through, and they have to get a stopgap funding measure going pretty right. quickly. If if, if in the next couple of days, if we don't see a deal, they're going to have to start on a stopgap. Right?
1: Well, sure, uh, you know, I, always right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to if you don't pass it, you have three options: you either pass the regular full year spending bills, you pass a uh, temporary stopgap, uh, or you shut down. So that's where we are. That's where we always are. But you know, everybody, at least you know, all the staff and lawmakers that uh, are, you know, CQ Roll
0: Call reporters have been talking to, are all fairly confident that that's not going to be the case. Okay. And at the same time as these spending talks are intensifying, the House plans to vote this week on what would be a major overhaul of Medicare, uh, which was very interesting. We should say this is a partisan bill. It's backed by Democrats, so it's unlikely to get far in the Republican-controlled Senate. But we're talking about a ma- what would be a major expansion of Medicare benefits, right? It would be, yeah. I, I mean, it's attached to the, to the uh, effort to
1: reduce prescription drug costs, um, right. both you know in, in Medicare Part D, which is the, the Medicare prescription drug benefit, uh, Part B, where doctors prescribe drugs. Uh, and, and generally throughout the, uh, throughout the, the uh, health insurance market um, in America where drugs just cost more than really any other advanced uh, economy in the world. So that bill is uh, on the floor this week. It is, You're right, it is a partisan bill. It is a, a massive uh, savings to the federal government, uh, according to the preliminary information that the lawmakers have gotten from CBO, something mm-hmm. like $500 billion dollars and they get there from uh, allowing the government um, to directly negotiate the price of drugs that they're going to pay to the, to the uh, drug companies to, mm-hmm. to provide uh, access for, for seniors. Um, drugs could not, uh, be, they could not be priced above a certain international benchmark that's somewhat in line with uh, other big uh, economy, advanced economies in Europe and Japan, uh, and it also would put a cap on how much prices could grow every year. Uh, so these are big, big changes. This is a big, big deal. And um, the Republicans mostly think it's going to go too far. It's going to to crimp uh, R&D in uh, in America. And, you know, the argument for many, many years on the part of the drug companies has been that we need the, our pricing structure to be able to have the dollars to reinvest into R&D. And we're not going to get the life-saving drugs we would otherwise. Now, the Democrats are, are being, um, you know, rather politically uh, astute. Uh, in the fact that they're not just putting a drug savings bill on the floor. They're using the money to provide benefits, <laughs> new benefits to se- to seniors. Which
0: makes it very politically bill. appealing to a lot of people. Which
1: it could. Now, yeah, I think, I mean, it sounds like the Republicans are going to remain lockstep against it. Uh, and, you know, the benefits they would provide are sort of start small, uh, and they, they don't start yet under the bill. Uh, you know, if they need to—these are expensive, so they they go slow. They You know, the benefits for— uh, dental care and hearing and vision. They start a little later on, the middle of the decade, uh, and they're limited in some cases. You know, they're not going to pay full freight for um, root canals and, and dentures and things like that. They're going to you know, cap that, um, the amount that, that the government's going to pay for that, at least you know, pretty, at a pretty low level, at least when the bill starts. But it is, it you know, you're right. This is the, the probably it would be the biggest expansion of Medicare, at least since the drug benefit, which really kind of came online in the middle of the
0: uh, 2000s. So, so it, it probably would pass the House on a partisan vote. Republicans are preparing their own alternative bill, we hear, yeah. which will be coming out uh, as early as Monday, I think. They don't like this idea of government price setting if they negotiate directly with drug manufacturers. So they need a different path.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would just say just on, on the drug pricing issue, just real quick, that there is a, a bipartisan bill in the Senate, Senators, the Chairman and ranking member of the Senate Finance Committee, yeah. Chuck Grassley and, and Ron Wyden. Uh, they do have an agreement, which is a much more scaled back uh, version of what the House Democrats are proposing. Um, but, and this, this is the version that's actually endorsed by the White House. And we should say President Trump has been, this has been one of his campaign promises to, which is to lower the cost of prescription drugs. Right. And, uh, so he's on board, uh, with the Senate effort. The problem is they haven't been able to convince enough Senate Republicans to go along with it other than Chuck Grassley. So they've got a problem there. Mitch McConnell is not going to bring it up in in the Senate unless it gets a critical mass, uh,
0: of Senate Republicans. So there's only two weeks left before this. Right. There's only two so weeks it's, left. it's not looking too hopeful, really. but Yeah, not for that bill. Well, a lot going on. So we'll watch the health care bills and see how much progress is made on the appropriations front this week. And CQ will be covering it all for you. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. My thanks again to Peter Cohn, our budget and tax editor, for joining me. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, David. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll catch you next week.